Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello and welcome to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science inside podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Aditi Kuti. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science insights podcast. I'm your host, Aditi Kuti, and this is a bit of a special episode uh, because it will be my last time hosting the show. I am moving on from Life Management Science Labs, but I am leaving the show in very capable hands, um, and we're going to meet uh, Marie today, Marie Stella, who is going to be our new host of the show. Marie, hi. Hi. <laughs> Do you want to tell um, our audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. I love music. I have a cat. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all there is to me. I do cook, but sometimes I get tired because we're all human and we have lives. I feel like I go through phases of it. That's pretty much all there is to me. I'm pretty boring. I feel that about loving cooking, but getting a bit tired of it after a yeah, while. Yeah, it's like I, I go through phases where I'm like super motivated to cook and I have this cookbook collection that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to make full use of it. When actually I only use like two recipes from the entire fucking cookbook collection. So yeah. Well, here's to more recipes yeah. <laughs> from that book. Uh, we've got a really quick um, section called Have You Met Marie Stella, which is a section we normally do with our guests, but we're now going to do with you so we can get to know you better. Cool. Are you happy to answer some very basic questions about yourself? Sure. Fantastic. What is your favorite book? The Very Hungry Cap- Caterpillar. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yeah. It's poetic. It's it's colorful. It's, it's just amazing. It's a lovely book. Yeah. And I feel like it's the kind of book, you, like I read that obviously as a child. Yeah. But you, if I were to read it again as an adult, I know I would have the best the best time. Yeah, I just feel like there there there's a lot more underlying meaning to it when you're reading it as an adult um, compared to when you read it as a child and you're like, oh, it's just about a really hungry caterpillar. That's it. And then you read it as an adult and you're like, holy shit, there's so much um, subtext. Okay. How fun! How fascinating! I now um, have to go and yeah. reread the Children's very hungry literature. <laughs> <laughs> what? Moving on from children's literature, what about a movie? What is your favorite movie? I swear I'm not joking. It's going to sound like I'm joking, but it's not. Uh, Barbie, Princess and the Pauper. That is a really good movie. It's I'm one, with you on that. Yeah. I support you 100% on that choice. It's one of the best. It's as a... F- I've seen, I think that's probably one of the last Barbie movies I've seen. And I think that shows my age. <laughs> uh, but it's a really good one. It's definitely yeah. a high note to end yeah. on. It's the one I grew up with. And mm. I think we're in the same age group. So we probably we probably both grew up with it. Uh, I think I was, it was definitely out when I was like a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, for me, my Barbie movie was Barbie and the Nutcracker. Mm. I that was my first ever film I got it on VHS um yeah yeah I think I was already pretty old when Nutcracker came out I think that was the first one pretty sure Nutcracker was the first that's okay well we will google it later well then I just (laughs) didn't get on board with it and I was like what's this piece of crap I I think it's (laughs) a no I think it We'll figure it out. Yeah, we will, we will solve this yep. mystery, Now's but we will time. not do it yeah. on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Now's not the time. Um, let rest assured, we're both excited for the for the Barbie live action movie that's going to be coming mm-hmm. up anyway. So um, that's that's settled <laughs> at the very least. Um, what's a podcast that you've been listening to lately? I haven't listened to many podcasts lately, apart from this one, because I have to. Uh, <laughs> Don't say <Bus>. that. <laughs> But Behind the Bastards is a really good podcast. It's about the uh, most monstrous figures in the history of the world. And it's just really fascinating, um, the amount of research that goes into it and comedy as well, scripted and unscripted. Um, And it's just a vibe. 
just to have a laugh and learn things and yeah, just chill after work or something. I love it. I'm going to check it out. We were talking about this before um, we started recording as well. I'm, de- I'm so keen to check it out at some point when I get home. Who's a famous role model that you admire? Taylor Swift. Okay. Um, Valid. Yeah, just, just, she, I feel like she's just so incredibly versatile with her songwriting. Um, the way she transitioned from country music to pop music to folk to indie it's just how do you and and while maintaining that same signature style of songwriting i think her lyrics are like her strongest selling point but then there's also like the talent with the marketing and the fan fan engagement and everything um it's just a vibe just being a swifty um and i feel like people who don't engage with it are kind of missing out a bit like you know the people they're like oh that seems like a lot i don't want to like ever ever know anything about taylor swift like that's like too well i have something to say and it's like just okay just listen to a couple of the good ones the good songs i think you'll like them maybe there's something for everyone you were preaching to your future audience, um, and for that, I'm glad. <laughs> um, all right, and final question. What's the last course that you completed? Um, it's just my master's degree. That's it. Yeah. What did you get your master's degree oh, in? Right. Yeah, media. <laughs> media. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. What was your thesis on? Uh, <laughs> video games. Okay. Yeah, I wrote Ooh. about um, the ecological tropes in video games which is really interesting because we see a lot of the same things pop up with um certain types of characters or certain types of um enemies some types of environments they're all pretty much almost homogenous they're always the same type of things in any kind of rpg video game um so that was interesting to find out why and if it's possible to stray away from that Mm -hmm. yeah that's it it's boring stuff link me no (laughs) no i'm I'm serious link me that sounds (laughs) so cool i i definitely would love to read more about that i love a good um niche thesis personally it was really niche my teacher was like i'm sorry i can't give you any feedback on this i don't know how to yeah I think that's a good thing, though. I think some of my favorite research papers are to read to read are the type that are just incredibly niche. Mm -hmm. Like it's some person that's obviously deep dived Mm -hmm. very heavily into one topic. And they're probably the only person in the world who's done so. Or cares about it. Or cares about it. And I I think those are my favorite types to read. Yeah, because it's also like when you eventually find that one other person that does care about it. It's like jackpot. Exactly. Exactly. I knew I was catching on to something here. All right. Well, that we've gotten to know you now. Uh, you have you you are known. Um, and now, when you take over the podcast, people are going to have a better idea of who you are. Um, but I want to I want to ask you a little bit more about, I guess you know this show specifically, Self Improvement Atlas, which is about personal development. Um, and I want to hear a little bit about your views um, on the topic as a whole. To begin, how do you define personal development? I would define personal development as just thinking, constantly thinking about the choices that you make and questioning it, but also giving yourself the space and time and kindness that you would give to other people and just really, yeah, improving yourself, um, being a better person, being open-minded, um, because as life goes on, as we experience life, we experience different people and inevitably our opinions are going to change. The, the things we do to, uh, to interact with different people, it, it's going to change uh, and we need to be receptive to that. So I think that's my probably my biggest, um, my main definition of personal development but I think it's a huge topic as well so but that's the main one <laughs> well main. it is a huge topic you're yeah. right and that's why we have an entire show about it yeah. <laughs> so that really There's helps so many different episodes um but I you know I totally get that I think it's um you made a really great point about you know 
the world around us keeps changing. So we have to keep changing. And, and the people we talk to are going to change who we are as well. So I think that I think that's kind of, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think it mirrors actually a lot of what our experts have said on the show. So I'm sure you'll fit right in <laughs> in, in terms of what yeah. they'll say. Um, what aspects of yourself do you wish to improve? I think I say sorry too much. And it will come off as insincere, which it never is. It's just like, I know some people are going to feel that way and I don't want them to think that way. Also, because the more I say sorry, the more it cheapens the value of my sorry. Um, you know, and sometimes it's actually really not my fault. So I don't know why I'm apologizing. I'm just so afraid of offending people or getting people annoyed. But I should just be less afraid of that. We get on people's nerves sometimes. Yeah. It's part of life. Just, it's fine. Um, And then there's also, I think, I just don't show myself enough kindness. I just am really, really hard on myself. And I've gotten that comment from a lot of people before. Never realized it until now that I am really hard on myself. So I think those are the two things that I want to change. But also... <laughs> third one third. it's always good to have third. more more than two <laughs> third, third one probably used to be more assertive mm-hmm. um i'm very i'm not very good at um being firm i think because i'm so caught up with um being kind like mm-hmm. i just want to be nice and kind yeah and then i'm not firm enough with some people um, and then it just ends up snowballing and it's not a good experience. Um, yeah, but it's also more fair to them if I do, like, learn how to be firm. Because it's not fair if they if they just go on, like, not knowing what they're doing wrong. Or, yeah. Anyway, it's a whole thing. No, I think those three really tie pretty much under this umbrella of like people pleasing, (laughs) which I think is like something that especially women struggle with so much. Um, Being assertive was actually one of my goals for 2022 and 2023. I think I've gotten better at it. But most of that has been in written communication where I'll draft an email and then I'll go back and get rid of all the exclamation marks. Yeah, because it's easier to do it when you don't have to look the person in the eye. Yes, exactly. And then, like, I I get rid of all the adjectives, like, really and all of that, um, which I often use as filler words (laughs) when I'm speaking in day-to-day life. But you're so right, I guess, in terms of, like, there's those little things which are relatively easy to do, but when it comes to actually interacting with people in person it's so much harder to like be assertive in front of other people and to for example not say sorry is I think they go hand in hand you know you didn't do anything wrong but you apologize that's kind of being more assertive will help with that and it's also being kind to yourself you're too busy being kind to other people to be kind to yourself I think a huge part of it is also because I was talking about this with my therapist one time Mm -hmm. and um, a huge part of it is being brought up in Asian culture. It's a huge part of Asian culture to just give in to authority or the people before you. Yeah. Um, Even if they are in the wrong, you just give them the right of way. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's just... It, it it's it's woven into the fabric of Asian culture and we just it's just what's been ingrained in us so much. And then now that we're growing up, it's it's hard to get that out of our system and un, like or relearn it. Mm. Yeah. I think like I don't know if it's whether it's because of my Asian culture or if it's because of being a woman or if it's because of being either one of those things in a Western country that has made me this way, but I feel like I have imposter syndrome. One, one of those things has caused my imposter syndrome. It could be like a mix of just everything. evil it, mix of everything. Yeah, it could yeah. be just a freaking mash, mash pot. Mash pot is not the word. Melting, no, melting pot. Melting pot. Yeah, melt. Not, mm. An ugly meatloaf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of of all of those. Ugly things. meatloaf. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think... Um, 
I guess my next question then is like, what has your personal development journey been like so far? Like what have you tried to work on in the past? And I I don't think you need to necessarily have been successful in it because a journey is not a straight line. It really is not. Like I find so many times in my personal development journey that um, it's kind of like almost in a circle mm-hmm. a little bit. Sometimes patterns repeat themselves and then you mm. relearn. I don't know. It's more like a scribble. Yeah. <laughs> it's really more like a scribble. Uh, but I think my personal development journey so far has... Um, actually, I feel like I have more clarity now than I ever had before, which... Uh, I think it's something to be proud of, but at the same time, having more clarity than before hurts more than it ever did. Mm -hmm. Because when you didn't have clarity, you're just like, I suck and I'm uncool and no one likes me. And, and it's, it's, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing to feel, but that's all you know. And you're just like, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to be like that forever. And then now you have hope. Okay, you have clarity. You have hope. You know what direction you want to go in. And then you realize that some people that just don't fit into your life anymore or if you want to have a better life for yourself, they just don't fit in there anymore. And then you have to do the um, painstaking thing of like talking to them, having the big talk or cutting them out. Yeah. And that's the most painful part, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of like the next question I had, which is the challenges, you know, uh, cutting people out of your life because they don't match your goals anymore. If they're holding you back from your goals is, is a huge one. And I know that, that that's been a part of a lot of people's journeys. I, I, I do understand that. Have you had to deal with anything else? Like what has held you back? Uh, I'm actually going through something right now, but I don't know if I want to get into the specifics. That's okay. You don't have to um, get into it. If I will. I will elaborate on a past event just because it's not as fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the times I had to go through something like that was when I was starting my master's course. This was at the start of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a friend that I'd met in my previous grad tip course when I was doing journalism. Um, and I was going through a breakup. And because at that time I wasn't in the best place of my life, it was a really, really bad place that I was in. I couldn't do anything. I was in survival mode for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And then when I went through the breakup, I obviously was still in survival mode. I was just like, how do I keep myself alive every single day? How do I do this? How do I get out of bed? How do I even do anything that a human basic human does um so I wasn't looking for a job at that point in time and also my family had like already known that I went through this breakup um with my ex um so they told me just take the summer off um you know we'll support we'll support you with rent which I that was incredible of them to do so I did take the summer off obviously like it wasn't exactly what like it's not it's not my like I didn't want to do it but Mm -hmm. my family insisted I did it so I did and then I went through I started uni not having a job and then my friend just yelled at me in the trap like not really yelled at me but kind of just made fun of me for being unemployed or something and she was like just talking really really loudly and I got annoyed Because I was like, technically, I'm not unemployed, though. Like, I am a student, you know. And also, when we were doing this grad tip course together, you also didn't have a job. Mm. While I did, I never, never put you down for it. Like, why are you doing it now? I was just very confused. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, And then I naturally kind of got upset I got really really quiet and I was just thinking like oh is she right for saying this because I do feel guilt 
for not having a job. I do feel guilt for being 23 and still relying on my parents. Yeah. Um, so I was going through this whole wave of emotions of like, oh, am I a shit person for, for relying on my parents and all this stuff? And then so eventually I was like, actually, you know, you know what? Um, what you said was out of line. I'm going to step out and not joining you guys for the night, but you guys go ahead. Um, so I went home and talked to her and um, she just agreed that we need some space and never talked to her since. And I'm kind of okay with that because I think... It wasn't the first time she made such a comment. Like, she's made a lot of out-of-pocket comments about me. Like, she's always um, making me the butt of the joke, which is, like... That's a toxic friendship. Yeah, like, once in a while is fine. And when it's stuff that doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, there's a there's a line. Yeah. And she, like, she was crossing it all the time. And I didn't call it out all the time. I only did when it really, really... Of course. Um, And then, yeah, afterwards, we just never spoke again and she just never reached out. So, but I'm okay with that if, Mm -hmm. you know, if she's better off now, if she doesn't want to think about it, that's fine. Um, But I'm better to, you know, without having this person in my life. Yeah, I I think that, that you like, you're speaking to this idea of like people not being there to celebrate. the, the steps you make or support you through the difficulties that you have. I've had a very, friend who acted in a very similar way, mm-hmm. um, who I've known since high school. Well, I should say former friend um, who I've known since high school um, and who at the time we met, I, I was, you know, in year seven. I was very young. We yeah. were all very young. I wasn't the nicest person back then. I don't think a lot of people are the nicest person when they're 12 years old. Uh, and I think I continued to not be the nicest person until I was maybe 14, which is, again, normal yeah, for a lot of young people. It is very normal, yeah. Uh, and then um, after that, I think I grew up a little bit, but she didn't. And... What was really frustrating to me was that every little thing I did that I was proud of, she would find a way to criticize it. Um, Every mistake I made, she would poke fun at it and draw attention to it. Uh, When I confided things in her that I clearly didn't want people to know, she would talk about it quite loudly in class around other people. Um, And it wasn't until university that I realized she was using me to make herself feel superior. Mm -hmm. And it took me, it took me way longer, I think, than it should have to actually end my friendship with her because uh, she would often say she was also not very well liked because she never really grew up. So she would often say things like, I, you're, you know, one of the only friends I have left. And like, you're one of the only people I feel like I can truly be myself around and confide to. And it would make me feel bad because mm-hmm. even though I was kind of on my way out, she would say stuff like that. I'm like, oh, God, I can't do this to you. Yeah. I also feel like the um, the whole I w- want to just be myself, truly myself around people. Yeah. Um, how could they not accept me for who I truly am? It's just kind of like, well, yes and no, because I understand the sentiment. But at the same time, you need to realize that certain things that you might say, even though you're being genuine about it and authentic about it, mm-hmm. might be hurtful to some people and you might be hurting some people. And that's yeah. not okay. Yeah. I also <laughs> think like... If your genuine self is being mean to other people, then maybe your genuine self is not a very nice person. Yeah. Uh, What ended things with her is actually relatively similar to your situation in that I got my first part-time job and I was relatively old. I'd been volunteering for a long time, but this was my first like actual part-time job where I was earning money. Um, And I, because that made me really busy and between uni, I would often bail on group outings. We were, we, Uh, We had a lot of mutual friends. Um, So I would often like be like, I 
I'm not able to come. I have work or I have to study. I've got assignments to work on or my parents don't really want me to go out today. That would often be the excuse and it would often be true. Mm -hmm. Um, It wouldn't necessarily be um, a lie. She, I think, insulted my mum and then made fun of the fact that, like, I was acting high and mighty for having a job. No, you just have a job. And it was one of those things, like, I was at a point in my life where things were changing for me. Like, I was finally gaining some semblance of control over my life. Like, I was a very... I was not a well child um, and I was finally kind of doing things outside of my little internet bubble that made me feel good and made me feel like I was a contributing member to society. So to have her kind of insult me in that way, I was like, this is the final straw, like I can't do it. And it was unfortunately in a group chat. So it was a bit of a public falling out. Um, But I was like, I'm going to say what I need to say and then I'm out peace. And thankfully all of my mutual friends understood. Yeah, and also, um, yeah, pros and cons to having it in the group chat is... Everyone, everyone knows can, what happened. Yeah, everyone can agree <laughs> that that's what happened. Exactly. Um, and there's no, like, twisting of words or anything like that. Yeah. And I think, like, I, I, I think about... There's, there's been a few, unfortunately, friendships that you make early on in life that you realise are not a cohesive to the person that you're becoming as you grow older. So I totally, totally get that. I totally yeah. understand. And I'm sorry that you're going through what you are right now. Oh, it's a difficult, it's a difficult one. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, we, I will move on. Um, <laughs> so, and, and talk about, you know, what do you hope to learn from hosting self-improvement atlas because i i have learned so much there have been practices i have taken from the show and applied to my life and i never actually expected to do that i will be perfectly honest when i started hosting the show i was like hey like i'm already working on myself in a way that makes sense to me and i don't feel ready for outside advice right now you know sometimes you get in that zone where you're like i think i figured out what works for me and i want to try this now yeah but no i 100 percent agree yeah. uh and yeah, I love that you brought that up because I am in that point in my life where I am actually ready to hear outside advice. Okay. Because for once in my life, I don't feel like, oh, I don't want to listen to what anyone says. I, I'm like, because I used to be a really, really stubborn person. It's who I am. Like, just at my core, I'm very stubborn. Uh, sometimes I just want to want an excuse to not do things yeah but now i actually do now i actually do want to put in the effort and i've taken a break from dating i've dated too much uh <laughs> and now i'm actually like i'm so like when people say i'm working on myself i never believed them before because i just like why <laughs> like yeah. what does that mean like are you just being alone but now i'm like uh i understand what it means to really truly work on yourself and i'm putting more emphasis on myself in my life than i ever have before so i'm so ready to learn from all these people um yeah and just i reckon there's so many um opinions or pieces of advice that i've never heard of before mm-hmm. um and i'm just really keen to hear that i think there's also what i found is pieces of advice that i've definitely heard before and i'm like oh i know that's good for me but like it's not gonna work um it's not gonna work out for me specifically um and then i've tried it, it, i think the way that the guest has talked about it has inspired me to try it and then i have and i'm like oh why didn't I do this years ago when I first heard this piece of advice? Sleeping eight hours a day <laughs> uh, is is a big part of that, yeah. you know? Like having a consistent sleeping and wake-up schedule has been a huge part of that. And I like exercise as well. I've started doing that a lot more regularly than I used to. I'm excited. I, I'm excited to hear that you're at a point in your life where you're like willing to accept outside advice, which I definitely like didn't expect that I was at that point. So I'm glad that you are. It's also awesome to be, I was again, not willing to accept outside advice, but in a similar stage in that I'm working on myself. Like Mm -hmm. that was where I started. Um, And I'm really excited for you to go through the same stuff that I did. Yeah. Mid twenties is just, I didn't, I was actually terrified of being 25 or like, ever being in my mid-20s to late 20s but mm-hmm. I've never felt better 
Does that like, make sense? No, that makes sense. Yeah. It's just like... I turned 25 yeah. in the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I feel like I missed out yeah. on, on that that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, I feel like I am still going to turn 25 because I've lost out on mm-hmm. those years. But I, I fully get it. Like, yeah. it, it's like, you think it's going to be terrifying and then it's here and it's like, actually, you know what? I don't feel old. Yeah. I have so much to learn yeah. and I love that. It's insane because uh, I think I was 22 during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my early 20s, the, p- the years of partying, the years of just mucking around, just gone. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly I'm 25. And you're ready to do it. Uh, and I'm ready to do it. But at the same time, I'm like, where has all the time gone? What was I doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's fine. You know, I'm, I am okay being 25. I think it's an exciting age to be, yeah. and I kind of wish I was 25 right now instead yeah. of almost 30. I did hear <laughs> that people um, just suddenly find themselves at 30, though. I do find 30. I Let's do, see if that yeah, happens with I, me. Yeah, I did hear that 30 is a magical year. I heard that 30 is great. I've heard that 30 is the new 20, so. There you go, yeah. There you go. Yeah, the, the, the era of finding yourself is in your 30s now. I'm very sorry to everyone who is over 30 and listening <laughs> to this right now. Um, I heard that 40 is the new 25, if that helps. <laughs> um, all right, I might move on now to uh, what I know, what is still going to be our practice slash habit experiment debrief. Um, obviously, you are not an expert in the field of personal development. We are both learners, and that is our role as hosts in the show is to learn. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, what's something that you have, like, consciously tried to do to improve some aspect of yourself? Mm. Consciously tried to do to improve some aspect of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this helps at all. I personally find that it helps me. I write a lot. I journal whenever I feel stressed about a certain situation and I try to do it from a from a very like uh for example if it's I'm having trouble with a friend I will journal out um my thoughts and feelings about it I will take a step back from talking to this person journal all my thoughts and feelings about it document like fact after fact what happened and then try and put myself in this person's perspective and kind of, well, write out how I think they would feel. And that helps me to validate their emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, I think it validates both sides of the, um, of the, mm. of the situation. Um, and then I come back to it and, then it helps me craft a clearer message of like, I understand that you felt a certain way. However, I felt this certain way. Both emotions are valid. Mm -hmm. Both things are what we felt and that's what we felt. Mm -hmm. We can't invalidate each other for that. Yeah. But this is the series of events that happened and like, how do we go forward from this because you know I find that when you argue with someone in the heat of the moment a lot of things can be said that you might regret and usually I don't regret things because I'm very like I I don't like to invalidate people's feelings ever but other people might and it just helps if you don't argue back if you don't like fuel the fire if it's just like you have to kind of stop them there and be like all right, you got to take a step back down. We both have to cool off. Clearly, we're both getting too upset. Um, and then come back later. Um, usually, it's a lot better for the both of us. Because, like, I can be really upset as well. And then, all of a sudden, I'm just like, I can be a smartass. <laughs> like, I can be a smartass when I am angry. And um, it's not not always nice. You know, so, and I don't want to do that to anyone. So I think that's what I've been doing um, a lot more these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and also trying to explain to someone else, like, not not in a patronizing way, but more in like, you know, do you see this is what was happening? 
Yes, mm-hmm. you're valid. So am I. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. And I think it's been helping me with being more patient as well. Because I won't yeah. just be like, this person's being so mean and I'm so upset. How could you? Um, yeah, it's just more of like, um, okay, you, you're, you're upset in this moment. So am I. Let's just cool off. Um, I think I rambled. No, idea. you didn't Sorry. ramble. I yeah. think um, I'm pretty sure the practice of journaling has been mentioned multiple times <laughs> in in the show and it's one i definitely practice myself um i for me it's my like i will be honest i haven't done it in the past month that is about to change <laughs> but um now that i have a bit more spare time on my hands i can get back to journaling and i've been itching to do so but it was when i was doing it more regularly part of my nighttime debrief mm-hmm. i'm the kind of person that will often lie to myself about how i've been feeling during a day <laughs> or like if i have been if i had a day where i'm feeling really great and then three days later i'm feeling awful i just feel like i've been feeling awful the entire month like i'll just lie to myself mm-hmm. And so journaling is a way for me to actually record how I'm feeling and then remember like Mm -hmm. what I was actually thinking at the time because I struggle to, my brain is so good at propaganda. (laughs) I know my brain does that as well. That's why I like journaling too. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, well, yeah. But then this is like the hard part for me is journaling when I'm happy. I I'm, find that difficult yeah, too. I'm so good at journaling when I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I'm happy, magically, it's all... When like... I'm happy, that's when it starts to get weird as well. Because it's like, I don't know what I have to write about. I will write about the things that make me happy. And it will be the stuff that's like... Um, just, it'll be something so inconsequential. And then I will overthink why I'm happy. So I will, I'll write to myself, why am I feeling this way? And then I will suddenly try to intellectualize my happiness on that present day. And I think that's something that like, my only solution to that is therapy. (laughs) Um, And maybe medication will help me remember my (laughs) days better too. But um, I do think like overall, even though there are obviously issues with journaling, um, to a certain extent, doing it when you're happy is difficult. I get Mm it. Um, But it's just a beneficial record for me. Like, I'm a a handwriter as well. That's how I get my thoughts out on paper. So I I can't, like, I can can write, be creative onto my laptop, Mm -hmm. but if I'm really just being true to myself, I have to write it out by hand. Oh, I'm totally different. I am on Tumblr. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just we'll talk about this later just <laughs> projecting my inner 14 year old yeah I have been there yeah when I said I had my own little internet bubble that I that struggled to escape from <laughs> that's exactly what it is I feel like we could have an entire personal science episode on the dangers of tumblr on yeah. like millennials and gen z mm-hmm. because it is it is bad yeah I had so it's many helpful yeah but it's bad. I had so many different kinds of vlogs. Mm. And they were also different as well. I had like a fresh theme one. And then I had a pastel grunge one. And then I had a soft goth one. I don't know how. I relate to you a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to move on before this gets yeah. derailed. Because um, we could definitely talk about yeah. that. But like that. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. That's a can of worms. <laughs> um, we now like normally at this stage of a normal episode, I would have what's called questions from the audience in which the audience gets to ask a bunch of questions to an expert. Um, you're not an expert and we don't have an audience there to ask you questions. So instead, I'm going to allow you... <laughs> The opportunity. No, it's just really funny when you keep emphasizing you're not an expert. <laughs> you aren't, yeah, though. I'm not an expert. Um, but uh, I guess my uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask me questions because um, I know I had so many when I jumped into the show and I had no one to ask these questions to. So I think it might be beneficial for you to have the opportunity to ask me anything you want. And I'm going to give you a total of three um, because I know you have more than that. <laughs> but we need to we need to make sure that it's limited. <laughs> okay, you have two. Okay, 
You have to limit me. Um, yes, my first question is, what's your biggest takeaway as a host for Self-Improvement Atlas? Do you mean, like, about the show or something specific I've learned from the show for myself? or Just in general, what's, like, the biggest thing you've learned? It could be, like, as, as the host or it could mm. be... Um, what you've learned from a particular very memorable guest mm. or it could be just you know very generically how to talk to people or something or how to make people feel comfortable i think my main my main takeaway from this particular show is that there is so much more there are so many more ways to develop yourself than i thought um I, this has me thinking about my finances. Like I've come out of episodes, like, do I need to write my will? <laughs> do I need to get my estate in order? I don't have property. <laughs> um, I don't have anything to pass on. I don't have, I'm not anywhere near having dependents. I have a dog who cannot own property and that's about <laughs> it. Um, I'm like, do I, like, do I need to be thinking about that kind of... <laughs> do I need to be Do thinking? I even have anything that I would want to pass on? The only thing I can think of is my social media passwords, <laughs> which I definitely don't want to go to my parents. Yeah. And I also so, can't remember them. <laughs> unfortunately, I do remember them. Oh, wow. I have three variations. Okay. Same well, password. I do have the three variations, the same thing. You just don't remember which is what. I just don't which remember what. which is what. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never yeah. remember. My Google Chrome will have a storage yeah. of it somewhere, yeah. but um, not. I, I there, there's probably going to be an episode on password safety at some point. But um, yeah. so <laughs> I need that because I keep all my passwords in notes. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely don't have good password safety practices either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's probably my biggest takeaway is that there's like way more. I when I got into this, you know, even though I knew personal science was bored, even though I knew going into the show that personal science is going to be huge. I always just assumed there was like a general self-improvement angle to it that would focus on stuff like willpower or, you know, nutrition. And those are a lot of the earlier episodes I was doing as well. But there's so many aspects of personal development that I just never even considered, you know, the financial stuff, um, relationships. The, the, it's been, yeah, it, it, I've learned... I've learned a lot and I think I've talked to people that I wouldn't have otherwise talked to. Uh, and I know that that will be the same experience for you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I'm excited because my dad's been egging me on to do a finance course, uh, which I can't say that I'm the, like, I'm extremely excited for, but mm -hmm. if I have to do it, I might as well do it here. I might as well like, yeah. We've got five episodes probably, <laughs> yeah. I think, in total. I know. Out, and you have got a episode coming up on estate yep. planning. So that's I know a spoiler that alert <laughs> for a future episode. Um, but yeah, uh, cool. Next question. That's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> okay, so who's your favorite person in the team? Don't ask me that. You told me you were going to ask me this before we recorded. And I was like, don't ask me that. Yeah, but then and you I went just... on to ramble about how everyone's great for everything. I, that's so. sincerely what I believe. Yeah. Everyone has their place on our team and their place as, they play their roles as specific kind of friends in my life. Uh, one of the things I love about the LMSL team and one of the things I am going to continue um forward with <laughs> even after i leave the company is the friendship that the hosts have developed with each other mm -hmm. um and that i'm excited for you to join in yeah. on and i think it's so it's so difficult for me to pick a favorite person um i do want to shout out to lou i think lou has made this an extremely easy place to work at um, she's made it incredibly comfortable. I have never, f like, as a creative, it's impossible to avoid feeling stifled at certain points when you are working not in your own interests, when you're, when you're not working for yourself, essentially. There's always going to be points where you feel stifled. But I think when that's happened, 
Lou has always found a way to justify that in a way that doesn't make me feel like I've been cheated mm-hmm. or that I've missed out on something. Uh, I always feel like I have given, I have been given very good reasons for a lot of the decisions that have been made. And Lou just makes it very easy for me to give feedback and to receive feedback as well. So I will shout out to her. Um, I'm not saying that she is my favorite member of the team because I don't have one. <laughs> um, but I do want to shout out to her. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've only been, well, I started work here last week, but I already feel so at home. Um, even from when I came in here for the job interview, it was so fun. Yeah. Like, I think I met you. Yeah, that's the first time I met you there, actually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys were just chatting away with me, and it was just so, just it just felt like home. Yeah. And that was nice feeling. And then um, going through all the, um, you know, the new person in the team stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Lou made it so easy and she's so approachable. And actually everyone in the team is really approachable and everyone's always so open to being asked questions, but also socializing, mm-hmm. uh, which I can't say that I've experienced in every workplace because some workplaces are like, yes, culture and stuff, but actually no <laughs> you know what i mean yeah uh, this is not one of those places yeah and i really truly feel like um everyone's just really just so nice yeah and just really genuinely like each other and i think it. when you you when we're learning about things like well-being and learning about happiness you're learning about ways to make the environment around you more pleasant it's it's kind of impossible to to <laughs> for it to be a difficult working environment. Yeah. If it is, then um <laughs> we won't be one of those stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more question. One more question. Mm-hmm. Uh yes, what advice do you have for me? Mm, that's a good one. What advice for hosting self-improvement atlas? I think you don't have to do as much research as you think you do. It's always good to do a little bit. Um, I personally don't feel comfortable (laughs) without doing a little bit of research into what my topic is and having a basic understanding of what I'm talking about before I get into it. Um, But if I've learned anything, the people you talk to are going to be willing to explain the topic to you. That's part of the reason why they're there. um, And it's also part of the reason why you're there. So... Yes, uh, like do a little bit of research, but you don't need to spend ages trying to get your head around it Mm -hmm. Um, because the people you speak to will do that for you. They they will do that work for you. Mm -hmm. And I find I'm a conversational learner. So for me to have those conversations is far more valuable than me reading an article on the internet trying mm, to yeah. explain what the topic 100%, is. 100%. I'm the same. Yeah. 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 Um, that does put me at ease because I do get really stressed out about, like, because I saw all the topics that we're doing mm-hmm. next and some of them I just don't understand. <laughs> I think, you know, full disclosure, and I do yeah. not get to talk about this yeah. uh, much, like, as a host. As a host, the audience just sees me walk in, ask a bunch of questions, um, and I mildly look like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't always. Um, I think there's so many, like I said, so many topics that I know very little about and it can be really intimidating, but the questions that you have in your head are worth asking. Mm-hmm. They're not stupid questions. Good, good, because I have tons of questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I also have to keep track of time. Yeah, yeah you sorry. do. You do. have to pick the most important ones. Uh, <laughs> fine. <laughs> fine, I'll do it. All right. Well, thank you for asking me all of those questions. Um, normally, we would cut to the open mic, as we normally do um, on our show. But as a host, <laughs> we're going to be hearing a lot <laughs> from you now. Um, so I, I'm going to skip that process. Uh, you're going to have plenty of open mics on your own um, in the future. And I, I, I'm going to go, I, I guess, where should people 
if they want to see you, if they want to talk to you, if they want to find out more about you, where, where should they go? Mm, I have Twitter and Instagram um, at Stella with an extra A. So it's like at Stella. Uh <laughs> Stella. Stella. <laughs> yeah, Ree's just like Marie, but like the um, last three letters, R-I-E-S-T-E-L-L-A-A. That's the, um, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Marie. We, <laughs> this is the end of the, I guess, this particular recording, but we are definitely going to continue a lot of the conversations we started in this episode beyond this um so thank you um i guess i i wanted to end by saying and apologies if i keep reading my notes i wrote everything down because i didn't want to miss anything um it's the end of my stint with um self-improvement atlas and with lmsl i've had a really wonderful time hosting the show and like i said you know the topics we've talked about are so varied and there's so many that lie outside of my interests. I, I have learned so much from people who are way smarter than me. And conversations with people who are smarter than me are my favorite kinds. So it's been a pleasure. And I I think everything I've learned from the show that I've implemented uh, in my personal life has changed my life for the better. And I hope that the episodes I've recorded so far have done the same for you if you're watching at home. I'm going to continue listening and supporting Marie, even though she did tell me um, that she didn't want me to. But I know you'll do a wonderful job. Um, I am sure you will. Uh, I wanted to also point out that we do produce other shows, uh, ranging from the topic of family science to household management. Uh, and you can find the links to all of them in the show notes down below um, or on our website, lmsl.net. Um, but until then, thank you for listening uh, and welcome, Marie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. For more episodes like this from 10 different life management perspectives, search LMSL on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you can get updated on everything we have to offer. We have a wide range of topics readily available for you to check out. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel as it helps us grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can also be found on our website at pe.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Aditi Kuti. Thanks for tuning in.